Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the first official episode of the God-Centered Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to recovery uh, centered around your faith in God. So I'm going to get started with this and I'm going to talk about the why behind this podcast because I believe uh, if you understand the reason, the purpose and intention and where this passion comes from, uh, you will understand what this podcast is all about. So I'm going to take you back to a story. It's about uh, 11 p.m. one night. Uh, I'm around, I would say about 23 years old. I could have been almost 24, but uh, around 23 years old. And uh, me and my wife fell asleep in the living room, which we sometimes do when we were watching TV. And so we fell asleep in the living room in about, I would say, between 11 o'clock and midnight there was banging on the windows of the house. And apparently I didn't hear um, very quickly. So they started to bang louder. And so by the time I did awake, the banging was so loud that I jumped up and I thought that somebody was trying to break into the house. And so the sound was really loud, but uh, in the midst of the sound, I heard my name and it sounded like a familiar voice. And so I went to the door and I opened the door and it was my godparents. And, uh, as they walked into the house, they, they looked like they seen a ghost, like their face was really somber and really serious. And, um, they said, we've been trying to get a hold of you, you know, for hours and this, that, and the other thing. Well, when I go to sleep at night, uh, I used to turn my phone off cause I didn't like to be bothered. You know, when I went to sleep, I just wanted to be asleep. So I turned my phone off so, so nobody could get a hold of me. And, uh, so they're, they're, they're frantically saying, you know, we, we were, we've been trying to get a hold of you for hours. And so they, they told me to sit down in this real serious, you know, somber sort of attitude. And, um, you know, I begin to think like, what's going on? Like, this is like really freaky, um, <laughs> beating on my, um, house, you know, acting all serious. Uh, um, I knew something was, was definitely wrong. So then they begin to tell me to sit down. And, uh, so, uh, my wife and I sat down on the couch and then they begin to tell me that my father was dead. And that he died of a heroin overdose. And this extreme pain began to happen inside of my chest where it was hard to breathe. And um, I'll try to explain this anxiety that came over me, but it was just this tunnel vision um, sort of anxiety that um, that it feels like the the whole world is just kind of crashing down on you and you feel this, this pressure and this weight all centered around your chest and stuff. Uh, anybody who have, who has experienced anxiety, um, really knows what the, what that feels like, but I couldn't believe it. What I was hearing that my, my father had died of a heroin overdose. You know, I remember as a teenager, 
um, him doing heroin a lot. And uh, you could tell, of course, because, you know, living in the environment and and, you know, when somebody's high and they're and they their head just bobs down and their mouth is wide open and they're just, you know, high as a kite and not even present, you know. But I remember a couple different times, one one of the um, times stand out in my mind of my dad overdosing and um, me running to turn on the cold water in the shower. Now, this is amazing. And if you haven't grew up in this environment, you don't understand this. But we all knew what to do when dad overdosed. We all knew what to do. And so here, here we are running to the, uh, the shower, uh, turning on the cold water and, um, him crawling on his hands and knees, you know, as slow as can be. And you just like help pull him, um, into the shower. And I remember, um, that a couple different times. And then of course, um, the paramedics and stuff coming and stuff like that. But, uh, we all knew what to do when dad OD'd and, um, there was always somebody there for him that would, uh, basically come rescue him, you know, from the state and conditioned. Um, but this night he had nobody to, to rescue him and he was all alone when he did this. And so when he OD'd this time, there was nobody there to help him. And so I spent, um, the night over at my godparents' house and then, you know, spent a couple of days in the fog. And, and as I began thinking about it, I said, you know what, maybe my mother would like to come to my father's funeral. Um, I know that she, she always loved him and, and never got over him. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe she want she would want to, to know about this situation. Um, me and my mother were, were pretty close mo- most of my life. You know, I was taken away when I was 10 years old and um, because of drugs and addiction and prostitution and all of those things. But uh, we were pretty close all the way up to, I would say, about 20 or 21. Um, somewhere in there, we just kind of lost contact somehow, and I didn't really know where she was. And so I thought for sure, you know, we, uh, I would find her, uh, it'd only been a couple of years of, uh, of me not knowing where she was. And, um, I contacted her sister and I was explaining to her what had happened with my father and, and, uh, that he died of a heroin overdose and that we were going to have his, uh, memorial service in Fairmount park in Riverside, California. And that I'm sure that she would, um, love to be there. So then she begins to tell me that, um, my mother has died and that she died about a a year ago, um, a year before this, and that she died due to, uh, complications from, from, uh, cancer that was brought about from heroin and methamphetamines and stuff like that. And so I hear, here I am in this situation experiencing, you know, the loss of my father due to heroin, uh, overdose. And then the loss of my mother due to addiction. And so my life, of course, begin to spiral into this, uh, trauma and, and into this funk 
where, you know, I was a pastor at the time. I was asked to step down from that due to just not being able to uh, function in a normal fashion. And, and I spent a lot of nights in uh, depression and, and, and alcohol and things like that. And so I say all this to, to say this is that there is a lot of pain and a lot of trauma that comes with addiction. And a lot of time this, this trauma and this pain, it, it spreads from generation to generation. And so my goal in this podcast is to put a stop to it. And knowing, you know, all the pain that I went through and everything that happened to me, I don't want someone else to experience the same pain. And here's the reality that people that have recovered, people that have, um, that have got their lives on the, uh, on the straight and narrow in, and are living the abundant life. They have the answers. They have what, what is needed to make the necessary changes for life. And so that being said, that's why I'm starting this podcast to share with you the stories and the inspiration and the people that have lived through addiction that are overcoming it. And they are now living the abundant life. So the goal in this podcast is to have no other young man out there have to experience that their father just OD'd. They don't have to experience their mother rotten away from the cancer and from the drugs that have consumed their lives. And so this is the reason for this podcast. I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to join us every single week as we bring to you these amazing stories of men and women who have overcome addiction and who are now living the abundant life. I'll see you soon. Peace.